The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. The market's first six months of this year are now in the record books, and not in a positive way. Stocks have tumbled, with the S&P 500 posting its worst first half since 1970. Your host, Tim Whistler, is here to talk about the markets, the economy, and what may be ahead. I'm Patrice Sikora. All right, Tim. Let's start with the volatility we saw in markets the first half of this year. Yes, absolutely. It's like that whole question that we get asked every now and then. Do you want the bad news first or the good news first? So let's get the <laughs> bad news out of the way and hopefully be able to close this episode out on a positive note. But um, yeah, it was it was a bloodbath. You know, the worst um, start to a year and, and I don't know how many years. It's been, I, th- I think, even decades mm-hmm. um, yeah. w- with, with how, how volatile it really was. And you know, I, I remember reading the news report that morning when when the news broke that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, and you know, my initial thought was right directly to my clients where we have money that are in the stock market. Obviously, each fund is is being managed, you know, in a specific model that matches their risk tolerance. However, those those are still susceptible to volatility. So, you know, we just wanted to be proactive and, and stay ahead of it, and said, look, you know, we we know that historically the markets don't like war. They don't like a lot of things, but war is one of them as well. And so this, you know, we're going to keep an eye on this. And, and sure enough, as as this continued to escalate and the markets continued to react in a negative fashion, um, you know, we we took action. And I think right now I've got nearly, I think of all the clients that I have again, where we have money in the stock market, not specifically, you know, in a in a, in a an insurance product per se, but where their funds are exposed to ups and downs, I think we've got over three quarters of our clients right now out. Because we we just you know I, I don't <laughs> you know I, I the email that when we were talking about <laughs> preparing for this you know I closed my email with you know I'm a glasses half full kind of a guy <laughs> but it doesn't sound that way sometimes so let me if you're if you're listening for the first time welcome thank you for joining the podcast but please listen to other episodes as well because <laughs> this may come across as being a little more of a downer because of the fact of truly what is happening right now but. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a rough start to the year, and as we continue to talk through, I, I really don't know when we are going to be um, near or at the bottom of what we're seeing right now. And it's not just stocks; bonds right. have not done well either. Exactly. You know, whenever we talk to a prospect and and we're learning about, you know, hey, why did you reach out to us? You know, what was the inspiration that you picked up the phone and, and called me from the radio ad or a podcast episode that you heard, or, you know, if you joined a virtual webinar and you now you want to have a conversation with somebody, you know, what was that? What was that inspiration? And so we like to hear, you know, wh- what is that pain? You know, I, I heard, it was interesting. I heard a statement a long time ago that when most people are surveyed and they have one of two options, would you rather realize a gain or avoid pain? Hmm. Most people are going to say, I want to avoid pain. 
You know, it, it's just like that whole adage when you're working out and trying to get in shape, you know, no pain, no gain. Well, who wants to go through pain, right? Just, right. just deal with it, right? Right. B- buy bigger clothes, whatever the case may be. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to experience pain of trying to, you know, get in shape and, and, and work out, et cetera. Um, and I think that's true when it comes to investing as well, especially when we talk about, okay, what is keeping you up at night? You know, is it inflation, which we're going to talk about a little bit here? You know, is it the volatility of the stock market? But I still think that the, the one that leads the way with the most uh, the, the most thought about concern for retirees is outliving their money, and that's the one that we that we really want to address. So, so you're exactly right. It's not just you know the the, the equities that are down. A lot of people are given advice that says, okay, you know, here you are, John and Jane Doe, you're getting close to retirement. So we're now going to quote unquote, diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They start now moving you away from equities more into bonds. Well, you know, we, we can kind of, you know, create a little bit of word of caution on that too, because some of the more popular bond funds that are around are down in double digits as well right now. So it's it's one of those things where we really have to take a very close eye as far as what's going on besides just equities and, and bonds and what's available to us in retirement. All right, let's let's take all the bad news right now, okay? Yes. These people who said, "Oh, crypto is the big thing," you know, it's the the <laughs> currency of the future. Well, what has happened there? Well, it's funny you should bring that up because I'm I track different types of holdings. I obviously I will look at the markets. I look at specific stocks. I, I look at bonds. I look at commodities. And I follow the the cryptos as well. Mm-hmm. And on the one particular app that I'm looking at right now with Bitcoin, the 52 week high was 68,789. That was the, the point. The 52 week low was 17,708. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't even begin to imagine if a person owned. I should. I feel bad for laughing because a lot of people, you know, probably God. lost a lot. But but the point of it is, you're exactly right. People were saying, well, you know, forget the forget the equities market, forget the bond market, crypto is the way to go. And sure enough, at that point, when that message was being shared, crypto was just taking off like a rocket. Well, for the people who, you know, continue to try to battle that whole fear and greed battle that we all deal with every single day, you know, maybe some people got out at that point. I don't know. I don't know anybody who personally has owned crypto, cryptocurrency and then sold it to reap their gain. So, you know, if, if they rode that wave up and now that's right back down, I think a lot of people are holding a cryptocurrency that's worth less than what they bought. So, yeah. I and I, I, I heard too, um, where am I going with this thought? Uh, crypto. Oh, oh, okay. So crypto was always touted as a long-term hold as well. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would probably believe a lot of your folks or those who you might know who had it are still in it. Yeah, I would think so too. I, I think I think a cryptocurrency, and you know, my thought is not that you know. Again, my opinion doesn't really value a whole lot, but you know, the government is not really involved in crypto at this point. And my take on this, when when crypto started kind of breaking news and started becoming more popular, then then all of a sudden now you've got I don't know how many different cryptocurrencies exist. You know, Bitcoin I think was first to the market, and then I kind of also track um, Ethereum and I look at other ones out there as well. But you know, the government really doesn't have their you know, fingers in the cookie jar when it comes to the crypto cookie jar. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to play out at some point. You know, they're going to get their means of tracking and, and taxing and et cetera with that as well. So yeah, I, I think a lot of people are probably riding it out. You know, we're going to talk here a little bit down the road about, you know, the difference between investors and retirees and how people focus on that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, crypto is kind of taking a bath as well. Okay. Now the safe haven, it's always been a safe haven, gold. 
silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's also on sale. Um, <laughs> if we can put a positive spin on it, <laughs> um, you know, it, again, it, it's like when we talk about retirement and we're, what are, you know, the 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 main um, fabric that intertwines the whole type of dynamic of retirement is the dollar. You know, that is our currency in the United States. It's the dollar. Well, okay. Again, we're not going to try to talk too more about, about things, but again, we have to talk about what can happen when you devalue your currency. So what's, what's the go-to? Well, gold and silver. Gold and silver are natural resources. They're mined um, from, ac- from actual resource in the ground, not out of the air like crypto is. So a lot of people think, okay, well, you know, to maybe have some gold and or silver, heaven forbid that the value of our currency does actually deplete or potentially just gets replaced with a whole nother currency. And that's a whole nother, I mean, dynamic. How do you even, you know, mitigate that or, or even plan for that? But, you know, right now, yeah, it's down. I mean, I was just looking at numbers here a little bit earlier today. And, and since March, gold's down 13%. Mm. Um, since March, silver is down 25%, which I really found interesting. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, again, now, now here's the opportunity, you know, here's the silver lining. When we see values of these types of entities that are available for us to purchase and whether, whether we're trying to purchase them to maybe hedge against currency, you know, because of the value of the dollar right now is it, it, it is what it is. I keep printing it. Obviously, in, in, at some point, you know, we have to pay the Pied Piper and I don't know if we'll have enough to pay that bill. So, you know, do we buy some gold and silver? I, I think that's a smart move. I don't think we need to go, you know, crazy, you know, prepper type doomsday crazy mm-hmm. into gold and silver, but I think it's good. And, and now is a, obviously a good time because it's now it's, it's on sale. It, for, from what I keep hearing, silver is in such high demand because silver is used in a lot of different, you know, production of different products. So again, that whole economic, you know, formula of supply and demand can come into play. So when things like this are on sale and you want to purchase it, obviously now's the time to maybe jump in and maybe leverage your dollar a little bit again, when things are a little bit down in value. All right. So let's keep the, uh, the good news coming here. The other thing that happened in the first half of this year was Russia invading Ukraine. Right. And what has that done? Well, that's obviously caused a significant ripple effect. Um, and, and it doesn't seem to be getting any much better right now. I mean, sorry, getting really much better right now, if I can speak with proper grammar. Um, <laughs> that's one of the concerns that I have, because one of the things that I do on a regular basis is not only do I, I try to follow you know, economists, I try, I try to make sure that I've got a good thumb on not only, go, not only what's happening here you know, currently, but also maybe what's coming in the next quarter, the next you know, second of the year or the next year, et cetera. You know, just like on episode 34, when I had Lawrence Black on, you know, and we talked about, you know, what he and his advisors at the index standard do when we're trying to forecast. And that's obviously the difficult challenge. We, we don't have the 2020 site for the future like we do for the history. So we're trying to, trying to gauge, you know, what would be a good thing to do to look at for the upcoming years or even months, you know, heck, let's just even talk weeks. Things can happen, can change so fast. But my concern with this is this, as we, as we follow economists as I, and as, as I follow other um, sources of information, my concern is that this invasion, let's really call it what it is, mm-hmm. is going to escalate. And if it escalates, I just, I don't know that that's going to be good for everything we've already talked about. I, I don't know that the, the markets are going are to react well. I, you know, it's, I just don't see it doing well. And from, again, from what I'm looking at and reading about, it just seems like there's preparations being made for 
not only NATO to do whatever they're going to do, but also, you know, is the U.S. going to get sucked into this thing? Um, and again, it, 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 if that happens, it's going to happen. All right. We, we can't we can't talk about, you know, from the standpoint of, well, we need to avoid it. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But what we have to be aware of is what's going to what's the ripple effect going to be financially. And that's, I think, what people really need to be aware of when they're looking at, well, OK, everything's down right now. Historically, here in the United States, when things go down, it bounces back up. Well, in the United States, yes, that's true. But unfortunately, if you look at it, again, people need to do research. Do you know? Be your best advocate. Do diligence. Look at the the Nikkei market in Japan. When whenever we talk about a recovery, we, we need to be very humble <laughs> in yes. being grateful that we live in a country where we have had recoveries from significant losses. Because in Japan, they are still down from their all time peak in December of 1989. They're still 47% down year to date than what they were back in 1989. So they have never recovered from a loss that happened 33 years ago. So, you know, to, to everybody's point, when, they, when they're trying to be positive, in fact, it's interesting. I came across an article even this morning. It was interesting. Um, I won't mention the name of the insurance company because they're, they're very well known, but the document, it was a white paper that was literally published today. And it talked about, here's our mid-year market outlook, 51 pages, Okay. For nerds like us, we, we dive into that. For most people, are like, oh my goodness, give me something else to do. Give me a lemon to suck on. I don't want to read 50 <laughs> pages for that. But I, I went into the find feature of that document and I searched on the word guarantee. And I found one result. And it was on the front cover where it said, not a deposit or of guaranteed by any bank, bank affiliate, or credit union. <laughs> so where are they, what are they talking about? They're talking about everything we've just talked about from the S&Ps to the markets, to the bond funds, and what their level of optimism is, what their perception is for the coming, coming years and months. Folks, it, it just goes right back to the adage. You have to have funds that are protected from these types of environments. Because if war breaks out, if inflation continues to, to do what it's doing, if unemployment and these, these, the, the economic challenges that we're facing, that all can impact the value of an asset. You have to have funds, a portion of your funds, in a product that's that's protected from this type of volatility. All right, looking slightly ahead now, uh, we'll we'll touch on the possibility of war and what that could mean. Mm -hmm. But everyone is talking. Well, not everyone. Many people are talking about recession, probably in twenty twenty three. Right. I have not heard the word depression, but once. Mm -hmm. um, most people seem to be focusing on the R word instead. Right. What are you hearing? Well, you know, I, again, with, 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 I probably do this, I probably track this more than the average person does. And again, that's because I want to be, you know, a, a good resource for people. So uh, I have heard the recession like everybody else has, but I've also, unfortunately, I've started to hear depression. So, so to kind of, you know, go through the, the definition of these, mm -hmm. to keep this simple, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. True. True. And do we want to get there? By no means do we want to get there. Now, how do we get there? Obviously, a recession, and not, not to bring out my economic degree into the equation, because goodness, that was horrendous for me to go through, let alone to share with everybody else. <laughs> but you know, when you look at just from a, from a standpoint of economics, a simple economic cycle is basically four phases. There's, there's expansion, you know, where things are doing well, things are growing. You get to the peak, 
then now you have a, a contraction or a slump. And then obviously you hit the bottom, that's called the, tr the trough, and then you repeat, right? It repeats itself. It's kind of like a, a wavelength up and down, right? Mm -hmm. Well, where the recession occurs is where now they look at the gross domestic product. And if the GDP declines for two or more consecutive quarters, now they simply relabel the contraction as a recession. Okay, let's call it what is what is, right? It's, it's based upon time. It continues on into a depression. Again, if that continues to happen, if the recession continues week after week, quarter after quarter, whatever the case may be, now you slip into depression. Um, and then now all of a sudden, you know, somewhere in, the, in, that, in that area too, also stagflation comes into play. And, and again, we won't get too deep into the economic definitions today because we want to end on a, a positive note. But the point of it is, is what I'm starting to see is, is this is something that could possibly happen. Now, we don't want that to happen because obviously an economy grows when people are doing what? A couple of different things. People are working, so they're earning wages. Therefore, by earned wages, they're paying taxes, so they're creating revenue for their country. And because they're working and earning income, what are they doing with what's left over from what the IRS and the utility company takes away from us? They go spend it. Right, mm -hmm. we, we we spend. So that's how an economy thrives. That's how an economy goes through a growth cycle. Well, here we are talking about wars and and you know the economics being kind of um, difficult right now with where we're at. So um, with inflation being driven through the roof and us paying now what three times we're paying for gas than what we were just paying what eighteen months ago, there's less money to spend. So therefore, if there's less money to spend products and services aren't being transacted. People aren't buying things as, as often as they are. So if they're not buying things and products are not as much in demand, then what do companies start to do? Now they start to lay people off because they've got costs, right? I mean, we're, we're all entwined together. And what's so frustrating for where, from where I sit is the fact that it seems like no career politician understands the simple economic cycles. And when they start making these ridiculous decisions to do things, they don't understand how it trickles down to, to the average consumer, which is all of us just trying to, you know, enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? We can't really do that sometimes when it trickles down to the point where it affects our, our budget, it affects our ability to go buy things, and ultimately it can, it can lead into an economic recession and possibly a depression. So that's kind of where we're, we think things might be heading right now. We certainly don't hope so, but that's where we're at right now. So I think it's personally, Patrice, I think we're already here. Well, um, that's just it. When you get the GDP reading, that's a lagging indicator. Right. Come on, exactly. we've been through that already. How yeah. I forget how far beyond uh, behind they they report that, but we've been through that quarter. We've mm -hmm. lived it. It's done. It's gone. Oh, we were in a recession. I could have told you that. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and interesting when when a person looks at histories, you know, historical um, times. Sometimes we're in a recession. We don't know it. Why? Because you know, the, the, the contraction wasn't as severe mm -hmm. from it might be. Now, this one, I would think this one's severe. I mean, this one's going to be leave pain for a lot of people. I, now, who knows how long it's going to last? I don't know. You know, will we be blessed again as a country to have a recovery where we can recover from these markets that are down, from crypto being down, from the commodities being down? Will, will the wars and rumor of wars cease? You know, will things get, get peaceful again? That's that's the million dollar question. But unfortunately, we have to be prepared for, for means of saying, okay, if this continues, how is this going to play into my overall retirement income plan? And then we come to the question of investors versus retirees, Tim. Exactly right. So again, I, I think that this this can't be said enough when when people look at 
phases of life. And again, if, we, if, if people have joined me in a conversation, if they've joined a webinar, we always talk about this with a, with a picture of this beautiful mountain with the up being the accumulation and down being, being the distribution. Investing. When you are an investor, these types of scenarios that we're dealing with right now, people kind of salivate for this because why? Because when things go down in price, like I said before, they, they're on sale. They're less expensive to buy. So when a person is building wealth and they're in the accumulation phase and they have after-tax dollars left over from, again, paying their bills and whatnot, they're pumping. They might be buying things right now. They might be buying stocks because stocks are down 20, 30%. And NASDAQ is down, what was it? Down 29% year to date as of right now. Right. So people are pouring into, into tech stocks, you know, possibly. So yeah, this this is a time when when it's if it snaps back up or goes back up over a quarter or a year or two years, whatever the case may be, obviously now their their investment has grown. That's what we do in the accumulation phase. We're trying to get a solid ROI of return on investment. But <laughs> now we reach the mountaintop. Now we stick that flag into the mountaintop. It says, okay, I'm officially retired. And now I'm going to enjoy life without punching a time clock. So now we're going to trickle down the other side of the mountain and we're going to be in the distribution phase. And this is where this industry, again, speaking in general terms, continues to fail people to be properly prepared and educated for this phase of life. Patrice, I have conversation after conversation with people daily, weekly. I mean, I'm talking to people all the time that this is what we do. And I'm now it's with the beauty of Virtual, the virtual world we live in, and I've, I've actually opened up another state now. I mean, we're, the Whistler Agency is now in four different states in the United States, which is, which is pretty humbling when you think about that, at least when I think about That's it. That's fantastic, Tim. But it's really, really neat. But, but the point of it is, in the course of one week, I spoke to three different people in three different states. And ironically enough, they had their money all with the same group of investors, the same, the same big one conglomerate, and each one are being told the same thing. John, you got to stay the course. It's long-term investment. You just got to ride this out. I'm telling you what, it just it just literally chaps my hide when I hear a retiree being given that type of an advice. It's just like my point. When, when I get this you know, white paper, a 51-page white paper, and there's only one word of guarantee, and that's on some type of disclosure, mm-hmm. people need to understand that we need to seek out the advice of a retirement income specialist which is much different than somebody who's building and investing in their, in their portfolio. Distributing wealth in times like we're in right now can truly disrupt and completely destroy an income plan. And I don't mean to be harsh by saying this. I'm not trying to be doomsday. I'm just being real. We've got to look at numbers from mathematical. When, when you have an asset and it's going down by 10, 15, 20%, just simply because of the economic factors involved, but then you're also taking money out of it. Right. That is jeopardizing the livelihood of that asset that may be the, the main source to complement Social Security and maybe a pension, hopefully, if you have a pension. So again, I'm just encouraging people to take that advice from the standpoint of when you're being told in the market we're living in right now, the economy we're living in right now, when you're being told, stay the course, gang, you got to question that. You absolutely have to do yourself a favor and question that and seek advice about saying, look, well, what can I do? One of, the, one of the most recent conversations I had, this lady said, Tim, with what's going on, what can I do? What can I do with my money to where I can put it somewhere? And man, when she said that, I just lit up. I said, Kim, I said, you're going to enjoy our next conversation because I've got an answer for you. And your chances are you probably never heard this before. 
And long story short, our next conversation ended much more positively than the last one, because now she had the information that she's now continuing to think through and process where now she has the ability to protect herself despite the economic downturn that we're in right now, because she's going into a different ROI, which is called reliability of income. So that's the big difference when you look at the two different groups of people, investors versus retirees. It's a different mindset. It's a different chapter of life. Therefore, you need to be receiving different advice. What's the red zone? You've mentioned that, and I'm not sure we've ever gotten into depth on that. Yep. The red zone, um, just in simple definition, the red zone is the critical phase of life that really hinges all around that milestone of retirement. It's the five years prior to retirement and five years after. So that is a 10-year period of time. Now, it's a long time. A decade's a long time. But at the same time, when, we, when, we, when we've been raising kids and grandkids, we know 10 years goes by in a week. I mean, it just goes so yeah. fast. But it's, it's that critical time where we really now need to start really being aware of, okay, I've got X number of dollars set off on the sideline in a 401k, a Roth, whatever it is. But that lump sum of assets are going to be the lifeblood of the income that I want to have or we want to have if we're talking husband and wife for retirement. So therefore, it's even more critical that we make sure that we understand the importance of starting to make that transition out of the danger areas. So that's why we call that the red zone. You know, and in fact, some people may not, may be five years ahead of their retirement or moving up to it, but they may not realize that in five years they will be retired. Something may happen in between. It may only be two or three. Yep. And I just think it, you know, I think, I think one of the years, I think the ideal scenario is when people turn 50, you know, now we get into that decade where, okay, in most, in most situations, the, the kids are probably getting close to being out of the house or in college and, and moving on, getting married right. and kind of, you know, we start right. to become, in, you know, that's the decade we become in empty nesters in most situations. And I think that's where people really start to think about, okay, we've raised the kids, we're paying down the mortgage. Um, we need to start really focusing now on retirement. And I think that's wise. And I am having, it seems more and more conversations with people in that age bracket, which, which is very inspiring to me because people are now starting to maybe be a little bit more aware of what's going on. So I'm hopeful that that'll be the case. So, you know, if somebody's within five years of retirement, planned retirement, let me, let me put it that way, planned mm-hmm. retirement. Right, right. You, you brought up a good point, Patrice, and we want to hit on that. If, if everything works out in their perfect utopia, and they're going to retire. Okay, I'm planning on retiring in July of 2026. Okay, that's, that's four years from now. We better start talking right now because what if all of a sudden you get a notice? Because again, we're in an economic downturn. If the company you work for is struggling providing revenue because of products and services are becoming unaffordable, then they might start, they might start targeting employees and letting people go. So what if, you're, what if your planned retirement in four years gets cut back to two? what are we going to do? Can you afford to take the losses you're taking now if you're going to retire in two years instead of four years, if you're going to be forced into retirement? So so I think that red zone is something for people to be aware of and start thinking about retirement maybe sooner than they, than they plan to. All right. So what should we be doing if we want to have some kind of certainty during these uncertain times? You know, I, I think it's it's very simple to do so because again, it's, it's easy to get sucked into the doom and gloom. It's easy to become depressed and negative, but I, I still believe in the fact that Every single day is a gift and every single day should be cherished. So we're going to end on a very positive note because there, there, there are some, some wonderful things going on right now. In fact, I'm not going to bore people with numbers, but when we talk about the power of zero and zero being the hero, mm-hmm. those types of products that we talk about, 
despite the fact that these major equities and bond funds are taking a bath, we have indexes that are not going to simply provide a zero to our clients at the anniversary. Some of these indexes are actually positive right now. So I want people to think about that from the standpoint of, okay, we've got this type of situation going on. Um, I'm looking at one of our indexes right now that year to date, it's up 8.68%. Nice. Yep. Um, I'm looking at another one right now that it just, it, it had its first, it just was updated this morning. So its first negative month of the year was June, but year to date, it's up 3.39%. Now, when we start talking about numbers like that, all of a sudden now I think our, our natural mindset is to go, well, 3, 3%. What's so great about 3%? Because 3% positive is not 25% negative. <laughs> right, right. We don't, we don't have to recover because that's another thing that I don't think is done well enough in our industry to understand that when you lose 10%, you need 11% to break even. Right. When you go down 20%, you have to have 25% to break even. And I, and I want the listeners to, to, to challenge me on this math. When you have a $100,000 account and it goes down by 20%, right? Simple math. We are at $80,000. But if you're told that, Hey, this average account over the last, this account over the last two years has been zero because it dropped 20, but then recovered by 20, you need to apply that performance to your dollar. Mm -hmm. Because just for the fact, because of that particular account went down 20 and recovered by 20 the next year and your average annual return is zero, apply that formula to to a dollar, $100,000 account drops 20%. Now it's at $80,000. $80,000 account goes up 20%. It's not at $100,000, it's at $96,000. In order for $80,000 to get to $100,000, you need 25% more growth, another 20 grand. So that's that's kind of my point is we need to be looking at numbers far above and beyond just the average rates of return. So so how can we have some certainty? So let's close out with some some positive things here. I think number one, let's review your budget. We, We are understanding the effects of inflation right now because we're going to the gas pumps and we're going to the grocery store. You know, it was, it was eye-opening for me when Rhonda came home from, from the grocery store visit a couple of weeks ago. And she goes, wow. I said, yeah. what's that, honey? I said, do I look better today than normal or what's going on today? And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, she said, I, I spent more on our groceries and I bought basically the same types of things than, than, I, than I have historically. I'm like, well, that's, that's where we're living in right now. So I, I think we need to review the budget. You know, what, is, what are the effects of inflation and can we cut back on unnecessary expenses? Maybe we need to pause some extra bells and whistles that we've been enjoying our, in our life lifestyle for right now. So I think reviewing the budget would be the first thing to do. Number two, again, we have to protect assets that are earmarked for retirement. We have to protect them. We need to look dig- deeper into the fees. What are we paying in fees for the advice? I mean, I, I, had a, I had a gentleman tell me the other day, he goes, you know what, Tim? He goes, I don't mind paying for professional advice as long as I'm reaping a benefit that I can't get on my own. I thought that was absolutely. very well said. Yes, Absolutely. Very well said. I said, I, I agree with you. I said, again, going back to the plumbing al- analogy, I want to pay a plumber when he can solve a problem that I can on my own. I'm willing to pay for him for his time and thank him for his expertise. But are we getting return on investment for that fee we're paying? So take a look at the policy or the account that you have if you're being charged fees. Number two, look at volatility. You know, are, Is your account exposed to the trends of what's going on right now economically? You need to protect. You need to have the word guarantee inside of your portfolio somewhere. And then the third bullet point I would recommend that we do besides reviewing your budget, protecting your assets is again, going back to the advice, review the advice you're receiving. If you are truly right now, and I say this because this is what people are reporting to me, stay the course. 
the market it will bounce back. It always does. Folks, I'm telling you what I'm pleading with you to do yourself a favor. Make sure you seek advice from another professional or two other professionals, because if that's the advice you're giving, my thought is they don't have an answer for you. They're simply reading from a script. And how do I know that? Because I was taught from that script 20 years ago when I got in this business. It didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now, especially when I'm interacting with clients who have worked decades to save hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's going to be a lifeline for retirement for them and hopefully some money to pass on to their kids. Stay in the course during economic turmoil like this is not the advice. We need to be looking one, one deeper, you know, deeper into the equation because you have to have two answers to these questions. You have to know how to answer these two questions. How much guaranteed lifetime income will I have? And how do I take the key retirement risks off the table? Mm. So I think we need to look at those, especially in the times that we're looking at right now. Tim, you raised some really important questions. You've offered some really important points. Hopefully, it's more positive than we started out. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but how can people reach you? Because I'm sure this is sparking a lot of questions. Well, and again, I, I want to just say a quick thank you again to all of our subscribers, all of our listeners. If this is the first time you're here, welcome. If this is the, the multiple times you've been here, thank you for tuning back in. We appreciate you listening and being here. Reaching me is very, very simple. Um, you can go to our website, which is thewhistleragency.com. There's, there's no T in Whistler. You can send me an email, which is tim at thewhistleragency.com. And you can reach me by, by my phone, which is area code 309-291-0491. And follow or subscribe to this podcast for the latest show. Also, please rate, review, and of course, share with others. Don't be greedy here. Share this knowledge. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. This podcast is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. Pursuant to IRS Circular 230, it is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. For insurance products discussed, guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company.